Hello everyone, this is the uh, Hit Me With Your Best Pint podcast. This is our very first episode of the podcast. My name is Jake Turner, I'm the host here. A uh, little bit of background, I'm the brewer at Mays Valley Brewing Company in Hartville, Ohio, and I've been a professional brewer for about 10 years. premise of this podcast is, is we're going to visit some other breweries around the area, talk about our favorite styles of beer, and the beers that we kind of feel are a little underrepresented in the industry right now, and get in a little technical detail about them. Today I'm at Lockport Brewery in Bolivar, Ohio. I'm joined by Andrew Marburger, the uh, brewer owner here, and we're going to talk about one of his favorite beers. What's up, Jake? Oh, not much, Andrew. Good to see you. You too. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. All right. So, uh... We're here in Bolivar. You guys are just like a stone throw away from uh, I-77. Yep. It's super easy to get to if you're in the 77 corridor. For sure. Uh, you're about, what, 15 minutes from Canton? Yeah, yeah. We're kind of in a, uh, from, uh, geographically, we're in an interesting area because we're on the very uh, northern edge of Tuscarawas County. So, uh, and as you said, we're right off of 77. So uh, super easy to get to from Canton and by extension, Akron and Cleveland. We actually get a lot of uh, visitors here at the brewery from those places. Uh, and traffic from the south heading north. Uh, so, you know, we get a, a large cross-section of, of people from all over the place, uh, along with, you know, just the great support from our community uh, locally, too. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, how long have you guys been in business? I know this is second location now. You mm -hmm. guys were kind of across the street originally in the other building. Yep. Uh, but total years, what year did you guys start? We opened at the end of uh, 2016, so we just hit uh, seven years in business. Um, we moved over to our present location summer of 2019. So, uh, just about, you know, six, uh, short months before, uh, you know, COVID came to visit everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so we worked through that, figured that out. Um, you know, best we could, of course, uh, stayed alive. Yeah. And, uh, I remember coming down and getting, uh, to go beers from yes, the window and yeah, stuff during that time. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that. You know, those, those, <laughs> totally. uh, to go beers, uh, paid the electric bills and, uh, yeah. you know, well, you know, we had to figure out something to do during, you got that, it. You know? Yep. 100%. <laughs> uh, so what kind of got you into the brewing industry? What got you brewing beer? Uh, so I, I like to joke with, uh, with customers and it's probably true for, for a lot of professional brewers that it was a, uh, a hobby that kind of grew wildly out of control. Yeah. Uh, so I was, you know, I was uh, home brewing uh, pretty aggressively. was was feeling good about that. Uh, really wanted to to be kind of in in the brewing world. Um, you know, was willing to do about anything to get my foot in the door. Uh, luckily, Marty Linden out at uh, Millersburg Brewing Company yeah, at the time. Yeah, Marty. Yep, yeah. yep. Took a took a chance on me, and uh, got in there and uh, just just loved it right off the rip. Yeah. Uh, you know, just I I'd come from a desk job. And uh, nothing against desk jobs, of course, but um, I, I just, it was the uh, end of the road for me doing those and uh, got in, started working for Marty, uh, started making beer on a, on a much bigger scale, obviously, and uh, really enjoyed doing that. Um, so actually coming up here in just another week, uh, first week of March will be 10 years that I've been in the industry yeah. um, as well. So nice. uh, similar timeline there. And um, a couple of years after that, of course, we got the brewery started and uh, here we are. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's yeah. I mean, same kind of timeline, different situation. I wasn't at a desk job. I was at the fire department, you yep. know, and uh, yep. homebrewing in my off time there and just got to a point. Yeah. I had, got involved with Mays Valley and jumped ship over there and started making beer full time. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a pretty good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what kind of brewery you guys kind of see yourself as? Like what are your like bread and butter beer styles that you hang your hat on? Yeah. That's a great question. So, uh, you know, right from the very beginning, uh, you know, one thing we recognize is that if we want this, if we want to be making beer for 
you know, any substantial period of time, we got to be good at, at business too, right? So uh, we wanted to make sure that we brew on kind of a cross section of beers that are going to uh, appeal to our audience in our setting yeah. uh, here in Bolivar. Uh, but kind of smaller kinda, rural community. Yep, yeah, you yeah, got it. Same kind of. Yep, some patico. Same, 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 <laughs> same, same dynamic. Yeah, yeah for right. sure. So we wanted to, uh, but we also want to cast a wide net. You know sure. what I mean? So we want to make beers that um, that are, uh, you know, you know, really kind of unique and exciting and, and different, or maybe kind of pushing the envelope on uh, certain, you know, flavor or style characteristics. Sure. But also make beers um, that are, you know, tried and true, old standbys, of beers yeah. that. Uh, either you know American or German or English brewers have been making for hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, those obviously have stuck around and, and stood the test of time, and you know we thought they could here too, and, and so far they have. Yeah, that's kind of uh, I feel like we have similar philosophies where it's like you know we're both in similar kind of settings, uh, but you know I like to think of it as, you know I I try my best to make like a world class beer for a local palate. Sure, yeah, you know, exactly. Where you got to kind of know your audience where you're at and kind of meet them where they are. Yeah, exactly. And try to do the best you can in that, you know, parameter. I yeah, guess. of course. And uh, you know, uh, Gateway, uh, kind of our flagship beer. That was the first beer we ever Delicious brewed. Delicious, you know. Hell, yeah. Thank you. So we, um, yeah, it's the, the name isn't an accident. You know, uh, you know, we want to make sure our consumers are coming in if if they've never had a craft beer, and we still get those folks uh, frequently that we're introducing introducing them to something that is, uh, you know, won't just completely throw them uh, out of the arena. You know, at the first taste. So that they can start with and kind of branch off from there. And what we've seen is over time, uh, I've got customers uh, of all ages um, that will come in. I've never had craft beer. I have a gateway. Within a year to eighteen months, we got them on IPAs. Yeah, and, that's and the most appropriately and... named beer. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, come on, right, you right. Know, Just get, know, get your macro foot in the door. lager drinker. Let me yeah. uh, get your get your foot in the door here. That's right. Uh, so I guess today we're here. Uh, you want to talk about the beer that we're drinking currently? Yes. And uh, you know, we'll talk about the name, uh, what the style is, and we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty on why we're here today. Yes. So uh, we are drinking uh, Magnifico uh, Czech Pills. So uh, this is a, a Czech lager that uh, was actually, the recipe was put together by my head brewer, Aaron, Aaron Yoder. Uh, he's been with us for a couple years now, a few yeah. years. And uh, he's doing a great job. Um, he kind of had this vision for um, a, a lighter lager that was crisp, using some European hops um, and some European Pilsner malts. Uh, you know, put it together and create something that's you know really sessionable. Kind of, kind of really scratches that itch that we have for really well-made uh, lighter beers. Yeah, and I think it, you know, hits that mark perfectly. I mean, it's it's brilliantly clear. Thank you. It's uh, you know light on the palate. You get that just you know, pleasant crackery malt notes. Yep. And then that, you know, floral sort of earthy hop character that you expect out of saws. For sure. Uh, what's the ABV that we were coming in at? Oh, we're at right around four and a half percent. Yeah. And yep. uh, what's your IBU count? Uh, eight, 18 IBUs. Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of balancing uh, that, that uh, noticeable malt backbone. Uh, so it's not uh, completely not present. You know, you notice it there, but it's also immediately balanced by the saws hops. Uh, which we're adding uh, just a couple additions uh, late in the boil, a little bit in the whirlpool. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, fermenting, you know, on the quarter side. Uh, we want to see typically uh, about 12 hours between uh, knockout, which we're going to be about in the mid-60s, uh, you know, get into the tank, uh, see some kind of activity yeah. uh, that we're through the leg phase. Get a little head start. Yep, yep. Uh, drop it down to about 52 degrees and uh, kind of get into prim primary fermentation. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um so what do you think is uh, 
mean, we all love Czech Pilsners. I think brewers in general love a good lager, and German and Czech Pilsners are like some of the favorites. Right. Um, you know, we all. I have my own ideas of why I love this style, but kind of tell me what you love about Czech Pilsner and yeah. why you love the style of beer. So I think another thing that uh, led me into brewing beer, um, in addition to obviously I like drinking it, um, but there, there's a major um, intersection between beer and history. Um, yeah. You know, there, there are, you know, dozens of, of uh, you know, historical stories that uh, where, where beer is a central theme or, or was an adjacent theme. Um, beer itself, um, you know, the names are come from the places where the beers were originally made. Um, and so, and, and again, like I mentioned, some of these styles have, have been uh, getting made for hundreds, if not thousands of years, and uh, they're just, they're true to time, right? Yeah. So for us, uh, I really like the idea of Czech pills, uh, you know, Pilsen, uh, you know, uh, the, the, again, the historic component of, of beer and trying to, trying to glean, if, you know, in lieu of an actual like hard copy recipe, trying to glean what these guys would have been drinking based on, you know, what they were growing um, yeah. or uh, the techniques available to them at the time and, and trying to interpret that in a modern, uh, through a modern lens uh, is just a really fascinating part of the industry and of, uh, you know, of beer making in general. Yeah, I mean, this style is kind of born out of their ability to, you know, kill the malt yep. in a lighter fashion in the, you know, where you might've seen, you know, more ales and lagers at that time that were kind of more on the alt beer category where it was a little bit darker that's right or very dark because they you know when they were kilning the malt you know it was over kilned right it became and, a byproduct right? yeah and developing yep. those techniques to do a lighter kiln malt which gave them the ability to make a, a light you know yep. easier drinking beer yep and of course the the naturally very soft water yeah. uh you know present uh you know was a huge factor that you know, before the, the advent of modern chemistry, maybe they didn't fully under, understand, but they did understand it made really good beer. Yeah. And they kept doing that. So. Yeah. And I'm tremendously jealous of any place that has a nice soft water profile <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that is not what I'm dealing Here with. Here in Northeast Ohio, we're, we're all in that boat, I think. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you have a, a, a malt brand or, you know, a place that you like to um, think about? I mean, I have a couple off the top of my head that I like to use for this style of beer. Yeah. Uh, but if you have any specific like brands that you like for, for these styles. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been a big fan of, uh, of Weirman malts, of course, yeah. uh, over the years, just, just a tried and true, you know, really, really solid, uh, you know, German maltster. Absolutely. Uh, been around for a long time. Um, we have recently started to um, experiment a little bit with uh, avant-garde malts again. Yeah. Um, you know, so just like you know, all other business uh, business owners and brewers, um, you know, we're all kind of uh, in the same boat when it comes to pressures on you know freight freight costs and, and yeah. uh, you know raw material costs. So um, you know, certainly not uh, ever with the intention of uh, sacrificing quality, no. you know, first and foremost. But we do we do want to experiment with a couple other competing malts. Uh, so right now, uh, kind of uh, Wireman, Avangard are, are sort of our go-tos for, for base malts. We have used Brees in the past with, sure. uh, with good results. Um, but we, of those, we, we tend to prefer Wireman and uh, the, the German malts especially. Yeah, and that's, you know, like during deep in the pandemic times where overseas shipping was problematic for, for mm -hmm. getting the supplies you needed. Uh, that was something I had to look at because, you know, primarily our Pilsner is also made with a... a best malls out right. of Germany. And so, right. you know, not being able to get that a lot of the time, that it was like, well, I had to look at domestic supplies mm -hmm. and, you know, find other suppliers. They that do, were right. Making, 
yeah, you know, yep. closer in character as much as you could. Yep. Um, and that's still where, you know, prices have come down slightly over the past, you know, four or five months, but I think we're all still feeling the effects of we are you know, yeah. inflation on a lot of stuff. And that's kind of why, you know, people complain about beer prices going up, but it's like, guys, uh, it, it's kind of a direct translation, the, the right? Costs yeah. on just raw material have been astronomically yep. gone up over this past couple of few years. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully we'll see a little bit of easement on that. Yeah, we're dealing with agricultural product where yeah those are all those are all real factors um you know all things to consider you know uh if you're brewing beer professionally there, there's a balance of the the business of beer and of making the beer and you know there are things i would like to you know throw to the wind and you know brew with uh you know only kind of the most the most premium ingredients that, that we could possibly um that we could possibly find but in reality we, i was saying uh you know, as as brewers, you know, kind of have to balance, uh, you know, uh, our wish list of everything that we, we that we want to do. You know, that's from you know an equipment ingredient standpoint, you name it. Uh, so the business of beer, and and you know, making sure that we're staying in the black, so on and so forth. Um, one way that we've been able to, uh, one thing that we've looked at that has helped us on that front is util utilizing LD Carlson as a as a supplier for for as many things as we can. Sure. Uh they're they're local, you know, they they employ a lot of lo local folks and we could go pick it up. Yeah, um, it's real close. Know, I yep. uh, even front it's like a 20 minute drive. Yep. I can go there and pick something up on a whim if yep. I need to, yeah. And uh Mike up there has been great uh you know just kind of uh keeping us abreast of uh you know new new products as they come online. You know, there's a lot of new interesting things out there in terms of uh you know, uh, uh, dry yeast and co-pitch yeast yeah. and, and things like that. So uh, we're starting to, you know, kind of vet those products and, and see how they look and, uh, you know, bring them in-house. Speaking of yeast, so uh, I don't think we've hit on yet yeast selection for uh, this beer. Uh, if you want to talk about what yeah. you're using and, and we can get into some details about that. Cause sure. I, yeah, I think we're using the same strain. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're uh, we're fans of uh, 3470. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we've been using that in, uh, in most of our lagers. Um, it's a, uh, it's predictable. It's a, uh, it's a strong fermenter. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's pretty neutral when it comes to, you know, throwing the ester profile. Yes. Um, and so it, it really lets, uh, you know, the other ingredients in the beer shine. Uh, you know, when we, you know, when we want people to, to kind of get the crackery notes um, and, and the size backbone in uh, the, a you know pilsner like this we want to uh make sure that we're not getting too much from the yeast and the yeast do a great job of uh uh you know getting the beer fermented out clean um we do uh you know the full primary fermentation at about 52 degrees um then we'll let it free rise towards the end you know uh, it'll come up maybe about 10 degrees ish uh from there we're just kind of letting it making sure that we're not getting no movement on the uh gravity scale um you know, it's passing the uh, warm maturation checks. And from there, we drop it down uh, about 10 degrees a day till we're down to about a 33 degree level yeah. um, and let it sit for a good six weeks. Um, we are spunding it towards the end of fermentation. Um, so we're- uh, That's going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're putting that uh, under about a bar of pressure and kind of letting it uh, hang out there. Um, you know, from there, we're just kind of seeing that trickle out, obviously, of, uh, of pressure, um, crash it, maintain most of that pressure, bring it into a bright tank. Um, we're usually pretty close to uh, about one and three quarters to two volumes. Uh, by the time we get it into the uh, bright tank, get it up to about you know a good effervescent, you know, uh, two point seven yeah. or so, and then uh, and then package it. So uh, that profile turns into exactly what we're looking for in the finished product, and 
Yeah, yeah that's, uh, you know, I guess we can talk about sort of the advantages of spending outside of just saving on CO2. You know, there's also that advantage of like really developing that fine carbonation. Exactly. And you get that nice, you know, kind of pillowy, fine, yep. you know, persistent head. Right. Uh, <clears throat> when you're using, you know, that spunding valve, and that's a, I wish I would have started doing that sooner Absolutely. with Same. that beer. <laughs> Uh, you know, because like the results are, are so much better, I yeah, think. I agree. And that's, uh, you know, these are the things that I feel like, you know, a lot of people don't think about when they're having a yeah. pint of beer, but that's like what we obsess over. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that, that's our job to obsess over that detail. So, you know, even, you know, maybe it's a good thing that the consumer doesn't even notice, right? Because uh, if there wasn't anything, if, if they just taste a really good beer that, you know, feels right, tastes mm -hmm. right, you know, they go about their day and they have a good time. And uh, so, you know, we've accomplished our goal, but, you know, to your point, uh, it's those intricate details and, and kind of even small changes in the brewing process that can make, uh, you know, big outcomes in, in your yeah. finished beer. Well, and I guess that's kind of my, uh, you know, purpose here is that, you know, I'm so, you know, invested in those little things that we do. Right. You know, I want people to start to think about that when they go to a brewery and order a beer like this. Yep. is, you know, really, There's, you know, thinking about even on a beer like this that's supposed to be simple and very enjoyable. Right. It totally is. Yep. The the thing I love about these styles of beer are that, you know, they can be very technical and very, like, fond over mm -hmm. if you're the brewer of those beers. And I want people, the next time they go to a pub or a brewery and they're ordering that Czech yeah. lager or that German Pilsner, you know, to really take a look at it and, 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 you know, pay attention to the details that went into that beer. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think, um, you know, kind of, kind of extrapolating that idea, uh, and, and not to knock, uh, it, you know, any other style of beer, you know, IPAs, I love IPAs too. And, yeah. but to me, the complexity of, the, of an IPA is, is immediately obvious to me as it is to, you know, consumers, uh, because there's a lot going on, right? Uh, there's, you know, you may use, you know, one to five kinds of hops in the same beer, you Absolutely, know, you can yeah. use different, different, uh, malt selections, of course, in IPAs, depending on what you're going for. And so again, uh, that's all its own sort of beautiful dance in the beer world. Um, but there is just as much complexity in something that might not be as obvious, uh, like a Czech lager yes. that, that, you know, to your point would be really cool if people thought about that, that part of it. Too. Right. Well, you think about, yeah. you know, these styles that have been around for, you know, hundreds, if not, you know, a thousand years. Yep. Uh, you know, you think about the refinement of that process and the refinement of the details of those styles. And Absolutely. that in itself is the complexity that makes those beers beautiful. Exactly. Standing on the shoulders of giants, too. I Absolutely. Mean, uh, that's our responsibility as brewers is to kind of honor that time, that time-honored tradition yeah. uh, and, and make those beers, uh, you know, the best way we know how. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that for sure. So my next question, this is uh, not related to beer. Uh, it's kind of one of these getting to the ends of the interview ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know... I think everybody, when they, you know, or a lot of people when they got in this industry, like kind of got into it because they had a passion for it. It was a hobby of theirs prior to coming out. I think you started homebrewing. I started homebrewing. For sure. A lot of the people we know started as homebrewers before they made their way in here. Yep. And, you know, it was a hobby we were passionate about. I kind of feel like, you know, going pro at it ruins that hobby a little <laughs> bit. Like, I haven't homebrewed since I went pro. Yeah, right. Um, 
So I kind of wanted to ask you, do you have any hobbies outside of the brewery now that you're passionate about, that you're really like into, you know? Uh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, and to, um, uh, just to hark back on your point real quick, uh, before I got into the industry, um, I was talking to Andy up at uh, Market Garden Brewery, yeah. and um, he, he basically cautioned me about getting into the industry. Sure, yeah, he, I think we've said, all been a little bit worn. Yeah, he said, uh, <laughs> just make sure you really love this, you know, yeah. because if it's work every day, it may not, it may not be fun anymore. Right. So, uh, I mean, I'm pleased to say that uh, it is still fun for me. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy making beer. Um, I don't do it as often as I used to, and maybe that's part of it. Uh, Aaron, Aaron does a great job uh, kind of holding down the fort around here. Um, so, uh, that's probably part of it. Uh, it's probably not surprising that, you know, my hobbies are, are kind of fermentation adjacent, if you will. So, uh, lately I've been into, um, uh, making bread and fermenting pizza doughs. Yes. Uh, same yeah. boat, you know. So, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, just, it's really fascinating, uh, taking dough and water, mixing it together. Yeah. Like you can't and, stay yeah. away from fermentation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. the thing is like, yeah, yeah, I don't make beer at home anymore, yeah. but I, I'm really into like pizza making. Oh, yeah. Recently, getting a little better at bread making. Yeah, yeah, it's a challenge, right? It really it, is. It's yeah. it's hard, and uh, and that's part of the fun of it. And so, as a brewer, I think uh, it's an extension of that uh, controlling fermentation thing. Uh, cheese is on the horizon. You know, yeah. want to mess around with that a little bit. Nice. So, uh, I I just like making things. Yeah, uh, well, you know? yeah, same like, way. Like especially, I think there's a lot of overlap between like brewers and like. I guess you would call them foodies or culinarians. Yeah, chefs and you where know, those you guys. know we have a lot of chef friends. You know, yeah, like right. We, we all kind of associate in those. We kind of see the world in, a, in the same prism. And yeah. so, yeah, that's we're both military veterans, right. and I always say like people are like, "How did you get into like cooking things?" <laughs> and I always say, "I always ate so many dog shit meals <laughs> right. when I was in the military <laughs> that when I left, I never wanted to eat a bad meal again." That's right. That's right. And so, like, I'm gonna I fix taught myself how to cook. <laughs> That's right. And, like, just went for it. Yep. And so that was the whole thing there. I was like, I'm never going to eat a bad meal if I can help it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, so true. Uh, last thing here, did you have any other careers in mind prior to kind of coming to this conclusion of like what was another dream career you might have had you know that's funny i uh i still uh i still like to joke that i don't know what i want to be when i grow up yeah. so um <laughs> you know i don't know i've been i've been on Better a weird figure it uh, out soon man. yeah no kidding <laughs> uh, I've, I've been on a, on a weird career path and it you know i didn't have uh like you know perfectly clear vision of exactly what i wanted to do and it's part of why i ended up uh in the desk job that i've been doing for so long and it wasn't that it was a bad job, and uh, it wasn't that you know I enjoyed doing it. Uh, it just wasn't what I wanted to be doing for for the rest of my career. Uh, so with that said, uh, you know I, I've I've learned I've learned a few things. Uh, I'm really happy in this career, and you know now this business has grown into more than you know me being a brewer. You know we've got uh, about 30 employees, and so you know uh, between Lauren and I, we work really hard to uh, make sure that you know ship is flowing in the right direction, and you know as entrepreneurs we're, we're doing things right. I really enjoy yeah. that challenge and that big puzzle. So. Yeah, it's like you, know, you get a lot of satisfaction out of making something yeah. and seeing people be happy with what you've sure. made. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's great. like, you know, I think I kind of lost a step of that during the pandemic when I wasn't in the tap room really anymore. Yep. And it was kind of like, yeah. you know, you don't get to see, like, it always, you know, sometimes I think brewers, like, get in our heads about what we're doing and mm -hmm. is it really good or anything yeah. else. And then, like, Absolutely. if you get a chance to, like, go hang out with your customers and they're just it, like it makes it all see them enjoy everything and then you're like oh man i guess we're doing all right yep. you know it makes it all worthwhile that really that is does. that is so key um you got to take this step back you got to you know 
got to share a beer with the people you're making it for. And um, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, uh, you're enjoying it. They're enjoying it. Uh, everyone's having a good time. And that's that's the key to the whole program. Yeah. And you're building community, as you guys clearly are doing here. Uh, you know, so it's been super fun, like, getting to know you, watching this place grow up. And, like, same seeing everything, you know, come in. And that's, yeah, we're kind of, like, along parallel lines. Yeah, and we've done a couple time, uh, yeah. collaborations over the years. I mean, and, how we know. won GABF medals at the same year. Yeah, and, like, that's right. Yeah, I yep. mean, it's, like, kind of a whole parallel thing. And, yeah. like, being buds, like, it's, yeah, it's, good it's been stuff, a good time. Man. So For sure. I appreciate you doing this with me, first for episode. Me. Yeah. Uh, you know, sorry for the low production value, everyone. <laughs> but, uh, you yeah, know, we'll try to do what we can in the future. But uh, cheers, man. I really appreciate cheers. you having me here. Yeah, Thanks. cheers. Good to see cheers, you. Buddy. Good to see you.